0: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Boochcast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again with a classic pay-per-view review. Now, how this works is, for those of you who are brand new to the show, what we do is uh, Gator and I uh, go back in time uh, to classic pay-per-views, WWE, WCW, and ECW from yesteryear, and we review them. But... We review them in a unique way. Not only do we review v- them as, you know, two people who are fans of wrestling, but also from the perspective of two people who work in the business of pro wrestling. Those who don't know, Gator is a wrestler, manager, referee, announcer. He pretty much got the indie scene covered. And, of course, as you guys know, I've done my fair share of announcing, commentating, ring announcing. Uh, I've had talks about potentially doing some managing, but nothing has come to fruition yet. But I, I, I know it's, it, it's okay, though. It's- all
1: right, Mr. Bujarelli. is in your heart.
0: Yes, and we are working on it very, very well. Yes, and mm-hmm. it is in... It, there's, there's, there's lawyers involved. It's okay. Exactly, yes. Uh, <laughs> I will soon be the king of managing. So... Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. We will get a megaphone and tell everyone.
0: Exactly. Cannot wait. Ah. Uh, Somebody needs to jimmy I mean gimme that microphone. So anyway, um uh. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um of course I am being joined by the one and only Gator Ricky Ross. And this week we are reviewing SummerSlam I'm sorry?
1: You said we're reviewing, and I said butt text. <laughs>
0: No, we are not reviewing butt sex. Um, nothing yeah, wrong with butt sex. Just we're not reviewing it. No, uh, nothing wrong with that. With two consenting adults. Exactly, two consenting adults. Key thing, consenting. You must be consenting. You must
1: give your consent.
0: Yes. You must both give consent, and both of you must be adults. Key thing. Yes, um, and by adults, we mean over the age of 18. Exactly. Um, and, of course, you we—
1: Well, unless you're 16, and you got— Okay, so here's the thing, okay? It's, it's 18, 17, with a written note, 16 if her dad's in the room.
0: Actually, no. It, actually, it's 18's legal, 17 with consent, 16 if you got a note, 15 if her dad's in the room, low five. Lo-fi. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're reviewing SummerSlam 1994 in honor of SummerSlam 2020 that took place about a month ago. And SummerSlam 1994 was the seventh annual SummerSlam. And it was, of course, at the newly opened United Center in Chicago, Illinois. So they were debuting... It, Mr. Really? Yes? Does that make this the first event that ever happened there? I believe so. It opened 11 days early And I don't believe there were any other events within those 11 days. To my knowledge. I have not looked at the history of the United Center. I can look it up real quick if we need to.
1: Not really. I'm trying to be helpful.
0: Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Actually, WF SummerSlam was the first event to be held in there. We have confirmed proof it was the first. Yes. And the theme of this SummerSlam was So Hot It's Scary was the tagline for this uh particular it's pay-per-view. Luna? There were twenty-three thousand screaming fans in attendance and Time out. Yes. So hot is is Luna? Um no, Luna's just scary. Oh, okay, moving on. Exactly. So uh anyway, we got a... Uh, now the interesting thing about this particular event was hosting SummerSlam was the macho man Randy Savage who, in my opinion, did, I think, a pretty decent job. How do you feel about Randy Savage hosting SummerSlam? Well,
1: Mr. Bujarelli, uh, he didn't fall flat on his face. It could have been worse.
0: Uh, yes, exactly. So, yeah. and then, of course... Uh, I
1: mean, it could have been worse. I mean, it really seriously could have been worse. Because they could have chose anybody to, to do this. And Randy Savage is a personality who's just, he's out there. I mean, he's got charisma. He's got, he had, I mean... Here's the thing, okay? It confused me because when I first saw him, I'm like, didn't he marry Elizabeth at Summerslam?
0: I believe so. I think that was in '91. I think. Uh,
1: okay, so I was see, but that that was what I was thinking when I seen it. I
0: was like, oh. Well, yeah, because that because that later started the feud with Jake Roberts that pulled him out of retirement because they and were. And the snake and then they, they bit him with the cobra. And all that fun stuff. So then we cut. Then we <laughs> and of course commentating we'll the event matter. is Jerry lawler and of course uh vince mcmahon and here's an interesting thing apparently one month before this pay-per-view was when he was acquitted in federal court for the steroid scandal he was fresh oh. off his federal trial acquittal one month earlier oh. yeah so this is a pretty big event and a course co- you can't say
1: that when somebody got acquitted off of steroids <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, this was their, this was it. One month earlier, and boom, he's here. You
1: can't say that. You can't say
0: that. Why can't I say that? Because he
1: got the steroids. Big event. That ain't right. Anyway, moving up.
0: SummerSlam is a big event. It's part of the big four.
1: It is, Mr. Bujarelli. It's just bad that when you get steroids, you get a little pecker. Anyway, moving it, on.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm
1: going to be the biggest motherfucker in comedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One way or a goddamn damn another. Weighing in 299 pounds of comedy. Yes. And of course, throughout the broadcast, they did something very interesting where apparently the undertaker, uh, was rumored to have been returning at the SummerSlam. And apparently, uh, uh, there were two individuals who were on the case, literally, uh, to find the mystery of The Undertaker, and that was Leslie Nielsen and George Kennedy from The Naked Gun. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Why not? Because,
1: because I'm just like, it's The Naked Gun. Where are the bitches?
0: The, there are no bitches.
1: Exactly. Moving on.
0: It was, it was supposed to be, it was a comedy with Leslie Nielsen that's one of the most popular movies of all time.
1: I never liked it. Okay. They should have, they should
0: have naked and ran a mile. Uh, that, that wouldn't. Have worked that wouldn't have worked.
1: No, that movie didn't work either.
0: Yeah, it was weird. So it, it, was, it was weird. Yeah. So anyway, they so they go searching, and of course they're taking themselves literally, and they're they're just they're using their their usual uh comp dark. I mean not dark, but like slapstick they're comedy.
1: Sinister slapstick. I mean it's
0: it's yeah. kind of the way you would put it. It's like we're on the case, and they're both standing on top of briefcase or it's like a damn it's like a damn film noir. Exactly. Or it's like oh, it's like it's like it's. The case, the briefcase is closed. The case is closed. (laughs) Like just weird shit like that. And I did, I did not like this. Surely you can't mean that. I really didn't. And
1: It just, it was, it wasn't funny.
0: And (laughs) I gotta be quiet. Okay. Um. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where Gator has no idea what I wanted him to do. So I'm gonna do it for him. What you
1: want me to do? But I'm gonna be good. That's not safe.
0: It's not, and I promise I, next time I won't call you Shirley. So anyway, um, on that note, yeah. So I know what you want me to do, but
1: you you told me to be
0: good. I just wanted you to say, "Don't call me Shirley." What's bad about that? Oh, I said Shirley. You can't mean that. You were supposed to say, "I do," and don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. Jesus Christ! All right. Anyway, um, since okay, well, since that bombed, we'll just move on now, and <laughs> we are now gonna kick things off with the first official match of the show. Obviously, there was a dark match between uh, two random people. I'm not even gonna bring up because I don't care about pre-show. Um, because we don't care. We don't, and we're gonna you kick really we're gonna kick things off with our first official match of wwf summerslam and that was a tag team match bam bam bigelow and irs with ted dibiase versus the head shrinkers with afa and lou albano
1: this was a clusterfuck.
0: Yes, it was.
1: It was. Because you've got Bam Bam, who's not really going to sell because he's a big man. you got Rikishi and basically Humaga not selling because they're Samoans. So it's just, hey, let's not sell.
0: Yeah, and there was like, and then of course Alpha gets involved, and that just makes it even more awkward because I'll be honest, yeah. you and take your eyes off Captain the Captain screen, Lou. you can't tell those three apart. Then they put Captain Lou out there. So
1: now you've got four people that can't speak English in one corner.
0: What, Lou Bano speaks de- decent English? No, he does not.
1: He doesn't? Mr. Bidgerle, you, you have the head, you have the brain of a dehydrated BB. If you think that he's speaking
0: Billy, 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 good English. I mean, it's better than the Samoans. Billy, Billy, Billy. They weren't speaking anything. Okay, but just
1: because, Mr. Bidgerle, just because you can't speak good English and the other guy doesn't speak
0: English doesn't mean you speak good English. Yes, and apparently, uh, and uh, despite the fact that this match was a clusterfuck, originally it, was- it was supposed to to be for the tag team titles, but But the night before SummerSlam, Diesel and Shawn Michaels won the tag team titles from the Head Shrinkers, so this is just a non-title match, which I I don't understand that. Why would you book a tag team title match and have the champions drop their titles the night before the pay-per-view? Whose dumbass (laughs) idea was that? There was something going on, I
1: don't know specifics, but there had to be some major logistical things going on.
0: Yeah, because that doesn't make sense. Because, you know, you should want all your titles defended on a pay-per-view. Yeah, you should, but you don't. So anyway. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. And of course, it was disorganized. <laughs> yep. This was seven minutes and 20 seconds of our lives we could never get back.
1: and No, we can't because, because honestly, it was just... It was just
0: Ugh, ugh it was a bad match, bad match. It was, ugh. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the women's championship. Alundra Blaze defended the title against Bull Nakano with Luna Vashon in her corner.
1: Goddamn, she's stiff. Oh yeah. Okay, so let me explain. So Bull Nakano constantly was just stiff as shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. If that had been if that had been me, we'd be having a different conversation.
0: Yeah. Surprised Alundra because Blaze I'm- didn't dish out any receipts.
1: She got a couple. She I got a couple in, but it was, it, it, god damn, it was stiff as a motherfucker.
0: Yeah, just oh my very, very god, painful. Was
1: it was a sti- it was Japanese, so you knew it was gonna be somewhat stiff to begin with. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ, man. I, and this is the one, now, I'm trying to remember, cause I just saw Raw not too long ago, so, this is the one where Alundra rolled her up?
0: Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, the
1: roll-up. This was the it roll-up was quick up for finish. the pin. I mean, quick finish to something that nobody really gave a shit about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, basically the match ended when Nakano missed the diving leg drop and Blaze and that's when Blaze rolled her up for the pin. Yeah. And- solid it, but then, yeah it wasn't something that the fans the fans didn't get excited until Alundra won the match
1: yeah and the only reason they got excited was because they were hoping she'd top, pop a titty
0: yeah so it, it, it was I'm pretty not, weird not wrong no you're not wrong not, not wrong, wrong at all it was decently done and that match lasted women's, Of course
1: women's wrestling was not where where it is now back then just saying
0: yeah back back then it was a lot there were a lot it was a lot more serious combatants but not a lot of lookers no bueno. Yeah, and then so basically we had too much wrestling, not enough sexiness. Then we went to too much sexiness, not enough wrestling, and now we're getting somewhat of a we. Then we had somewhat of a blend of the two, and now it's just too PG. It's weird. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you want to be turned on, but the women do everything in their power to not do that. And I'm like, it, it's so <laughs> yeah, wrong. It just, makes
1: you, it just makes you go, what the
0: hell? Yeah. When you want a match that makes you say,
1: oh.
0: Anyway. um, And of course, that was eight minutes and ten seconds. And then we move on to the next match of the evening for the Intercontinental Championship. Razor Ramon with Sweetness, Walter Payton versus Big Daddy Cool Diesel with Shawn Michaels. Diesel defending the gold. It's I'll never call it a man
1: and sweetness
0: that's his name. I don't
1: care what his name is. His Shawn name Michaels had no face problem face. with it. Okay, Shawn Michaels had no problem fucking Sonny.
0: Yeah, and there's a, there's a list of people that had no problem fucking Sonny.
1: He also had no problem drinking Dewars and soda and, and, and lots and lots of Selmas. But anyway.
0: Yeah, Shawn didn't have a problem with a lot of things. Am I... am I, Here's the thing I, I need to notice, and I don't know if it's just me, but did Shawn sound a little bit like they did a promo before they went out to the ring? Am I the only one that thinks things that Shawn in the early 90s sounded... A little bit like dice.
1: Oh, yes, you
0: are. So you didn't notice that?
1: I did, but I also didn't think about it. Um, Because I was also sitting here thinking, God damn, he looks like he's high.
0: Oh yeah, I just sang, when I when I, when I noticed him doing the whole like, you know, oh, and the whole, and, and just the delivery of some of his lines. The heartbreak kid! It sounded like something, like how Dice would deliver his lines when he did comedy yeah, in his prime.
1: Yeah, I can see it now. I can you see know? it now. I can
0: see it. I just kind of, I kind of got that vibe. Well, this you know?
1: match, so this match kind of fucked me up.
0: Why did it fuck you up?
1: It fucked me up because later, Within like what two years? Yeah. These guys are tag partners.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: And and that's what I know them the best as.
0: Yeah, me too. So it's
1: just weird to watch them work.
0: It really does. Like I it and is, it'll it fucks you up. And I will admit it was a decent match as far as working goes. Like like it, it fucks you up so bad. You're,
1: you're you're it fucks you up so bad. It's like your it's like your Shawn Michaels dick and sunny.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's or a sunny day. Yeah, there's a lot of people that've had sunny days Sean' like the only one but you know uh present. oh I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um yes Sean gave her a very nice present um so anyway what I found interesting about this was the fact that you know at some point you know sh- they tease like Sean and sweetness uh getting into it um and then eventually like I- and I love how Sean and I noticed this a lot because you don't see a lot of wrestlers do this today or want to do this today but Sean seemed to have no problem as a heel backing down from sweetness I noticed that. Yeah, well, the re-
1: and the reason this is, is because a lot of, okay, here's the problem. A lot of heels nowadays, especially on the indie scene, don't know when it's time to shine and when it's not. It's just some egotistical bullshit, but anyway.
0: Yeah, I always thought maybe it was like, or it was like a celebrity thing. Like, I'm not backing down for a celebrity. It's like, dude, you're a heel. Everyone's supposed to scare you. That's, that's my philosophy anyway. I believe if you're a heel, you should be backing down from almost everybody. Unless it's somebody that's clearly not intimidating. And even then, if they got a weapon in their hand, and that should back your ass down.
1: Well, yeah, but you know, psychology.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, these are the days when Sean was a prick, but at least he knew his shit, so. Psychology. Exactly. So, and then, of course, everyone was waiting for that moment, and the moment came a little anticlimactically, because the only time Sweetness got his hands on Sean was when he pulled him out of the ring and did some kind of move with his leg or he kind of tripped saying him up. Sweetness and
1: anticlimactically, because that's just. <laughs> I like them words together. <laughs>
0: Okay. When Walter because Payton pulled Shawn Michaels out I, and tripped and, him, it thank
1: was- you because sweetness and anticlimactically sounds like my last relationship.
0: Oh, damn. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a lot of things. Well, if, is what actually this is the perfect metaphor for your last relationship. Uh. But oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the black guy stole it. <laughs> From bad credit to no credit. So we go over here. <laughs> So we're going to... Put- That's my bit, you ass. I know. Um, like, you haven't taken mine from time to time?
1: You have, so go ahead.
0: That's what we're saying. Um, my point is, is that, and either way, great match. Um, decently done. It was the second longest match on the card. It was 15 minutes and 3 seconds. And I also like the fact that, um, I like how the referee was a lot more assertive in this one than I see him in others. Like, yeah. like when Sean <laughs> took off the exposed turnbuckle and the referee literally jumped up on the, on, like, the bottom turnbuckle and wave them off saying, no, you're not going to throw him into this. And then no, waited. You can't I'm sorry. No. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he waited till he was distracted before he threw them in. It, threw him in there. I thought that was genius. No, you
1: cannot throw him into the turnbuckle. Respect my
0: authority. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I you don't see referees do that anymore. Like, I that was v- that was very different from what I've seen in the past.
1: Yeah. Respect my
0: authority. Exactly. That was very much Earl Hebner. Respect my authority. <laughs> Sir, okay. step out of the car, So anyway, uh, Razor Ramon defeats Diesel, becomes the new Intercontinental Champion, and apparently this is him being champion for the second time, if I'm not mistaken. And then on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. There's no titles on the line. This is basically an angle match, and we have Tatanka versus Lex Luger. Right.
1: You got you. You want to tell the setup?
0: Oh sure. Okay. Um. Basically, how here's how the setup was for this. Apparently, uh, this began when the wrestlers, you know, be, were, were at first were arguing with each other because apparently, one it was a big storyline where people thought that Lex Luger was quote unquote selling out to the Million Dollar Man, and Tatanka had all Uh-oh. this evidence and all this footage of him joining the Million Dollar Corporation. And you know, he was confront. Tatanka confronted him on several occasions, you know, criticizing him. And then basically, Luger eventually admitted that he did meet with DiBiase, but reportedly denied joining the corporation. Basically, he said it didn't happen. So he agreed to face Tatanka at SummerSlam to settle the argument. And so this led to this match right here. And Gator, how'd you feel about the match? Okay. Well, I-, I didn't say his name, but how'd you feel about the match?
1: Oh, well, Mr. Buggirelli, it was, it, was, uh, it was different because here's the thing. This whole match was based on this angle. So these guys work, they work, they work, and then all of a sudden here comes Ted DiBiase and we get the swerve.
0: Yes, basically DiBiase— It was a major
1: swerve back then. It was a major swerve.
0: It really was because back then you, you couldn't look this shit up, and back then there weren't a lot of swerves, so when they happened, holy shit. So obviously this mm-hmm. was mostly a technical powerhouse match. Uh yeah,
1: shit Yes
0: because Tatanka um was able to, was able to uh you know be very much of a worker Lex Luger was was a good worker but also very much a powerhouse kind of guy so they blended their styles together very very well and Yes they did then DiBiase comes out to the ringside with a huge bag of money. Luger is yelling at DiBiase. Tatanka performs a schoolboy roll up for the victory. So, right, because so, he's got Native
1: American blood in his veins and he'll fight.
0: Yes. And after the match, Tatanka, reve- all of a sudden, like Luger is arguing and Buffalo. trying to figure everything out. And okay. And next thing you know,
1: I, I missed it. I missed it. It was there. So, so, give me one second.
0: <laughs> Buffalo. So, and then of course, after this, all of a sudden, Tatanka attacks him from behind and reveals he has joined the Million Dollar Corporation, and the whole thing was a setup. And he used the Million Dollar Dream, which is DiBiase's signature move, to choke him out before leaving. Then they go back in the ring, do some more damage, and then they take a and then they take a hundred dollar bill, which I, I think it's a hundred dollar bill. I couldn't tell, and shoves it in in Lex Luger's mouth as they walk off with the money and basically the whole setup. And it leads to a heel turn for Tatanka. <laughs> I will say this: um, Tatanka to me has always been an amazing worker, and I know this because I have called a few matches for him uh, in the past. Um, they're on Fight TV. You did the Buffalo call. Yes, I did. I did the Buffalo call, and I will. Say, I got to see him go out there, do the war dance. He worked quite a few people. One in particular is uh, a person whose name I don't want to say because Gator hates him with a passion, and it's,
1: it's, uh, look. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: A man who calls himself the real Nature Boy. Allegedly. allegedly. Yes. Paulie, of course, is who I'm referring to. Um, allegedly. Yes. Uh, well, well, that part's not allegedly. He really was in the show. So. No,
1: it's it's, it's alleged that he's the real Nature
0: Boy. Yes. He. That's that, that. That's just the moniker he he calls himself. He. Yes, allegedly. He tries to state for the record that he has never ever claimed to be Ric Flair. He just claims he's the real Nature Boy. So that's. So people try to say like he said, like, I never said alleged. I was Ric Flair. Alleged. Yeah, he just tries to tell people, I never said I was Ric Flair. I just said I'm the real nature boy. There's a difference. And
1: I'm Allegedly. Like,
0: yes. And I say, okay. So but I have called a few matches uh for him in the past. Uh he Who is th- him? Wait a minute, I'm confused. Who is him? Tatanka. Buffalo. Yes, and he has faced uh like I said, he faced uh Paul Lee uh one time and uh say that and then of course i believe the other match that he had um if i remember correctly i can't remember what it was i know he was there
1: okay well folks i would like to pitch our quick a quick pitch to our sponsors uh today's bootcast is brought to you by the ha, Wildwing <laughs> Where you can get your Tatanka wings any way you want it.
0: Oh, wait. I remember now.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yes. The other person he fought was uh, Elijah Proctor. Give me my
1: fucking money.
0: Yes. I remember now the other person that Tatanka uh, fought was the widow's son, Elijah Proctor. That's who the other person he faced was. I remember now. The widow son that's his that's his uh nickname yes the,
1: wi- mm. the widow's son because nobody wanted him
0: i guess if that's how we're Question. going to go with this yes Question okay
1: how do i say this nicely mr budger yes can he swim
0: um yes
1: he can't swim he can he can't okay i was about to he say get, he... <laughs> because if you can't swim and you're the widow's son then are you really the widow's son, or is your dad just in prison?
0: I can tell you though, he can also run really, really fast because and I'll His tell. His dad's in prison. No, I'm gonna tell you. Here's how I know um, he can run really fast. Because one time um, uh, on a show that he was wor- that we were both working on, I I was also in charge of the music for the evening, which is a job I never want to fucking have again. And yeah, it's not a fun job in the business. Yeah, because the day of the show, we find out the sound engineer could not make it, so. It's okay, though. It's
1: okay, though. Mr. Bujarelli was going was gonna to give a man who had an extremely dark gimmick the Barney song.
0: And that was Elijah. That was him. Uh-oh because I was, he was not getting to the table faster than I wanted him to. So I told some random guy that I was screaming at because I was not having a good day. And I felt bad afterwards. And I told him, I said, if he, if that motherfucker isn't here in five minutes, isn't here in, I said, in 10 seconds, I should say, I, he's walking out to the Barney song. Make sure he knows that. And I could see him from across <laughs> the table at his gimmick table. And I see the guy walk over. I see them talk. I see the look on his face. You did not see a white boy run fast enough. Oh my God. He damn near jumped the table. Freaking sprinted over to me. Gave me his music and I put it down. But I was like, yeah, I ain't fucking around today. I'm not in a good mood. I'm doing a job I don't want to fucking do. I'm getting yelled at because I because it's not working. Because I don't know how to fucking work it. And you're not. And you're making my job more difficult. Fuck you. I'll give you all the Barney songs. Just be all Barney all day. I was not fucking around that day. But anyway. That's um, nice. Anyway, next match. Yes, so moving on to the next match. And, um, oh, by the way, of course, uh, Tatanka and Luger was, uh, Uh, yes, six minutes and two seconds. So these are relatively short matches for this evening. But we move on yeah. to the next match of the evening, which is J double F J A Double R E Double T versus oh, Mabel with Oscar the rapper. Okay, so
1: apparently this is supposed and king and king mo. This is apparently supposed to be some kind of like rap versus country thing, and it sucked. It was terrible. Mabel didn't even know how to move in the ring because he's so goddamn big. You can't really anything with him it's just
0: god yeah it was jeff having to work around mabel and really the only yeah. part of the match even remotely interesting was jeff climbing up to the middle rope and on the middle turnbuckle on all four corners and jumping off and giving like a double axe handle to mabel and the the thing that was bugging me and i don't know if this was a regular thing in the 90s but referees really didn't like you climbing the turnbuckle no no Gator, is there something I'm missing from years ago? There's something I'm missing, so... Yeah, like, literally he's up there and he's counting and all this other shit... I've never seen a match where a referees done that in good no, matches no, and no, bad matches. No, 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 no. That's traditional. Why is that no, traditional? No,
1: that's tradi- It's always been traditional. Okay. It's always been like that. If you, it's always been. It's always been like. Well,
0: that makes no sense.
1: It well, it, that's the thing. He got out of the ring.
0: It got out of the ring. He was on. It's,
1: it's. It was always like a. It was always it monitored as a. You know, a five count DQ because he's he's up on the turnbuckle. So there you go. Okay.
0: Well, uh, but okay. it's always
1: been like that. So anyway.
0: All right. Well, that was weird. So anyway, this match it's lasts... A, it's
1: all good. He's got Native American blood in his veins and he'll fight.
0: That's neither one of them. One's got one's got Tennessee blood in oh. his veins and will fight. And one's got hip hop in his veins and will mumble rap. So this is not either one of Wait those a things. I didn't know I didn't know I didn't I didn't know Machine Gun and Kelly was on this show. Oh, <laughs> you didn't see me? was a little kid in the stands. Oh. People were laughing at him because his name is Kelly. And... <laughs> I'm sorry. In the 90s, if you were a boy named Kelly, you got laughed at. Don't bullshit me. Unless um... your
1: name was, was Robert Kelly, and then you just peed on people.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So... Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so this match was 5 minutes and 45 seconds. We can't get back. Again.
1: No, it was a clusterfuck. And, it, and, and they tried to do it, but WCW did it better in the late 90s when there was a certain song that came out that I love very
0: much yes exactly so anyway on this R-rap note crap that was a good faction and I actually mm-hmm. preferred them over the No Limit Soldiers because they maybe oh, they were fucking weird but, the,
1: but you know who the best rap group slash boy band was in, in all of uh of wrestling
0: oh no don't tell me
1: here we are with three counts. <laughs> Party of forever. We are the Backstreet Boys. And it's him too. Mr. Pidge, get with it? This is, this is kind of cute. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and MTV.
0: No. Yes, the obsolete three counts that returned. They, they, they reunited in TNA years ago. No. Yeah, they did. Nobody, nobody likes three count. No, nobody. No, who? Nope. Who was a fan of three count? This was like me. Really? Yes. You were into three count. They were, they were really nice. You were into. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, you didn't like it. it was, I even, I even got pictures of me doing the dance.
0: G- Gator. At yes. that time, I wasn't even a fan of NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. I was. I like them now. But I didn't then. Yeah, but Big Britney Spears is kind of cute. Well, of course. she was. That, that was the only thing people liked about her. No one cared that she could sing.
1: This is true. Anyway, moving on.
0: Yes. So on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. It's a steel cage match for the WWE Championship. And it was Bret Hart defending the title against his brother, Owen Hart.
1: I loved this. I loved every bit of this. This was back and forth. This was the whole. This was the whole thing with Brett and Owen doing what they do best. Now everybody thought this was going to be a technical masterclass, and it really turned into a beat 'em up brawl. And that's the way it should have been. It really should. Should have. It made no sense to have a masterclass in wrestling.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. There's, yes, su- there's certain situations
1: when kick his leg outside of his leg. Right?
0: <laughs> exactly. And the thing is like and, and the best example I use of this in modern wrestling and today. Him,
1: and made him and made and made him
0: fall on his face. Exactly. So, but the thing is <laughs> you kids that's what we call ironic yes. anyway so the thing is is that w- the best comparison I make to this in modern wrestling is when Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins fought for the intercontinental title and, and they went out there and basically had a technical match now uh, most people will argue that it was a technical masterpiece and nothing was wrong with it I will tell you there was a billion things wrong with it because while yes it, while yes it was a great technical match that's not what the situation called for. They were fighting for the Intercontinental title because Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins. The same night, Roman Reigns announces he has leukemia, has to forfeit the Universal title, and we have no shit clue if he's coming back or if he's even gonna live. There was so much emotion during that time. I even thought, I don't think this is a smart idea, but they did it. It was. It was. And then they go out and have this match, and there's no anger, there's no violence, there's nothing. Like yeah, it should have
1: been a little. It should have been more like this. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing. This was the whole thing with this was based on what you see when your own families or whatever is brothers bickering because Brett held the spotlight that Owen wanted, and that was the whole concept behind this feud.
0: Yes, and the whole thing started. Yeah.
1: Owen, Owen was the baby. And he thought he felt that he was being pushed and and put under the bottom. And then he kicked his leg out of his leg.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And which, which you have to be a hell of a technician. To kick someone's leg out of their legs
0: but Owen did it? Yep. And that happened. Um, and then, of course, uh, they would <laughs> later have a series of matches. Uh, uh, Owen would beat Bret at WrestleMania 10. Bret would go on to win the title later that night. Then, Owen Hart would go on to win the King of the Ring. And yes. they decided to face each other in a steel cage at SummerSlam for this time. And he would be
1: the King of Hearts?
0: The King of Hearts. Yes, he declared himself that. Yes, that was Owen.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. And, and Owen,
1: here's the, here's the thing that also made this match, too, was the fact that the family started taking sides. Yes. Yes. Now they kept they kept going back and forth to Hillary Clinton, I mean Helen Hart and <laughs> and it was scary. And uh her and her husband and they kept going back and forth to them and I just was like, Oh God Uh then they <laughs> then they would go to Bruce Hart then they would go to like Smith and all them. But then you would get to the anvil. Yes. Who was who was clearly cheering for
0: Owen. Yes. Then you would get to Davey Boy. Who was clearly cheering for Brett. So there you go. Yeah, so there that was that right there. And then everybody was giving Nightheart shit and there was a lot of fights and all there. And then all of Bruce was, and Bruce and on uh, Nightheart kept uh, Yeah. Bruce was
1: apparently sitting behind Nightheart to make sure he didn't do nothing quote stupid.
0: Yeah, exactly. And oh and Nightheart's just like, I'm just sitting here.
1: Yeah, but Bruce is here's the thing, okay? If we're gonna make it believable, it should have been Davy.
0: It should have been Davy Boy?
1: It should have been Davy Boy sitting by if they're gonna do that angle. Yeah should have been Davy sitting behind Jim but I think they had Bruce won't Bruce won't even five foot nine and didn't look 150 pounds off and wet
0: exactly but he's a heart so that's supposed to make him tough so anyway okay yeah yeah okay so is Jimmy I, I know. I'm just saying that that's that's the kind of that's heart, the though. that was, I was just saying that's the illusion they're painting here. They're the Hart family, so they're badass. Okay,
1: my name is Gator Ricky Ross Hart. Yeah, I'm now tough.
0: Exactly, I'm tough anyway. But so, hello, my
1: name is Ginger Hart.
0: Yes. So I'm tough now. yeah, exactly. So
1: I'm so tough, I'll whip your ass, Mister Bujarelli. I'm Ginger Heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would like that would happen in a million years, pussy. Right, Moving
0: Right, right, right. So anyway, so now these guys have this competitive cage match that lasts about 32 minutes and 22 seconds, thus being the longest match of the night. And these two basically kill each other. But what I found most interesting about this match is that from An escape the cage standpoint, it's the most believable I've ever seen. It is like literally watching them both dive to get out of the ring and the other one pulling them back in or one person climbing like as soon as the guy gets knocked down like the thing is the only downside to this was like Owen would jump up and climb up the cage so damn fast Brett couldn't sell for very long no like that's the problem Brett had to no sell a lot of the time a couple couple things but, but they were working and I think he did
1: tell his brother to slow the
0: fuck down at some point he had to and then of course I will say this though the whole Pulling themselves back in did get a little too repetitive after a while. Like, it, it, yeah, I was getting it to a point it where. Worked. It worked. It did work. Yes, although I will say this match did drag on. At some point, I was like, "All right, can someone escape this cage already?" Like, yeah, how many more no, times?
1: See, I was I was hundred percent in from the beginning, but
0: yeah, I was too. Just towards the end, I was like, "All right, y'all are pulling each other back in the same exact way. Can we get the only th- some different?" And I noticed something at the end that it, you have to look real close at the tape to see it. But okay. when you get to the finish and they're both hanging on the side of the cage, climbing down. If you look real closely, Owen already sticks his foot inside the bars. To prepare for the spot, yeah, he did. You have to look. You have to see it real close. You don't. You don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if we were meant to see that. But it was. We were supposed to make it seem like he's hitting him. He's hitting him, and then he falls and gets caught. It's like no. Owen's already setting his leg up. So if you blink, you he missed is, it. But you have to. You have to. You
1: have to do what you have to do.
0: Yes, but it that. S-
1: suspend disbelief.
0: Yes, I, I. I'm just saying. You know. You have to suspend disbelief at that point. Otherwise, it's gonna take you out of the match. But you clearly see Owen sticking his leg between the. Bars as they're fighting back and forth, preparing for the spot. You can see Owen clearly setting it up. You know, it's true, but true, but not everybody besides you and I are gonna really. Well, yes, but that's why we're here to, to analyze. I said we're, we're doing this with two different perspectives, Gator. True, true. Yeah, we're supposed to analyze like this. Most people aren't gonna well, yes, notice it. I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware, Mr. Be- I'm aware, Mr. Be- Thank you. So, anyway, they have the fight back and forth. Owen falls back, but his leg is caught. Brett jumps down, retains the title, and then Nighthawk. Heart attacks Davy Boy from behind, jumps the barricade, attacks Brett, him and Owen drag Brett into the cage, and Nightheart padlocks the door shut. I've never seen a man struggle to lock a cage door in my life. He fiddled around with that fucking thing for way too long. I he, did, he did. He did. It's at, I think at one point, like, the, the hearts are trying to pull on the cage. And then... But and just kind of looking at them like, stop, stop! And stop. You're making a. Bump, th- and then... It just th- that was the one part that didn't look believe that that <coughs> that looked too staged because he was he was holding it for too long. Like the hearts are kind of sitting there, like, dude, can you hurry up and lock it so we can pull on this thing? We look stupid out here. We don't look good. Exactly. It's almost like it's like being it's like being at a friend's house for Christmas and they're struggling to open the, and they're like and they haven't unlocked the door. Yet. It's like, can you unlock the door? We're freezing out here. That's how that yes. looked to me.
1: Yes, my titties
0: can cut glass. Yes. So finally, Nightheart gets his <coughs> shit. Together and locks the padlocks the cage. Then they're pull. Then they're doing the traditional pull on the cage. How do we get in? Everyone's climbing into the cage one by one. They're knocking everybody off. You know they're playing king of the hill, just knocking everybody out. Uh, yeah. Then- then uh,
1: then Bruce gets out, gets knocked on his ass, and it's the most unbelievable, dumbest bump I ever seen.
0: Exactly, and then. Oh my God. Yeah, and then eventually they find their way into the ring, and that's when Owen and Jim jump out. Uh, they almost catch Jim, but he's But Owen jumps on and like knocks the guy off and kicks them away, and they run for the hills, heel wise, which is great. Run but I will say the saddest part about this, um, was, after this is all over, we get to the, they, they, uh, they send the, uh, the guy, what's his name, uh, Todd Pentagrill. Pentagill, um, to the, to the back to go get an <laughs> to interview. Todd goes to the back Uh, tries to get a word with Owen and, and Jim who apparently don't want to say anything. Todd's kind of sitting come there on. like really Todd's kind of sitting there like y'all supposed to fucking say something Uh, so come on and I-, I gotta say this. That promo was lame I didn't like it. <laughs> it was not good but so then we, so after this crazy
1: shit we move on to our final match which was Mr. Budrele
0: our main event of the evening that shouldn't have been. Yes, it shouldn't have been but it was we have the undertaker with paul bearer buffalo. what huh? i didn't say that there's oh, no buffalo the here undertaker. you said the undertaker the man in black yeah that's not tatanka right i got you all right so the undertaker with paul bearer the man in black versus the undertaker with the black. T- with ted dibiase
1: which is the man in black
0: Yeah, two of them Now <laughs> Alright Now ladies and gentlemen This match Why it was the main event I only have one logical explanation Because it for, was the
1: Undertaker Versus the Undertaker And when you suck Vince's dick enough <laughs> You that, get the main
0: event Yes, and of course This came as a result of uh, The Undertaker lost a casket match To Yokozuna In 95- right. and the, at the beginning of the year The Undertaker was off team TV for several months. In reality, he was given time off to allow a back injury to heal. Um, then they foreshadowed the turn by airing videos of people who claimed to have seen The Undertaker. Random, random people on the street claimed to have seen The Lord of Darkness. I, who wrote this shit? Like, what? Russo? He wasn't even here yet! No, well. We can't. You can't blame Russo for this one. I wish we could. Um... God damn it, Russo. No, we can. We, <laughs> it makes no sense. He wasn't even there yet.
1: So, uh, he doesn't have to be there. We just we just blame it because it's Russo and he deserves blame for everything. Damn it, shit stain. Yes.
0: So now, eventually, DiBiase, who ironically introduced the Undertaker to the WWF of 1990, claims to have brought the Undertaker back. But Paul Bear informed him that DiBiase's Undertaker was an imposter and that Bear it had.
1: Was l- Brian Lee.
0: Yes, had located the true undertaker.
1: Right, and yes he did, and and so did the guys from
0: the Naked Gun, and this was goddamn... The case was closed. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. And so
1: was this pay per view. I've been Gator Ricky Ross.
0: Well, we're not done yet because we still got to get. God damn we it. still got to. So of course, uh, Brian Lee was the uh, Brian Lee Harris was the fake Undertaker. Uh, some of you might also know him as Chains from the DoA. And Crush. And Crush. Um, you know, no, no, Crush was somebody else. Uh, and also
1: as Brian Lee.
0: Yes, he's been Brian Lee. He was Chains in the DoA and of. Of course, the fake like diesel Undertaker. No, he wasn't the fake Diesel. That, that was Glenn mm-hmm. Jacobs.
1: I mean, fake Razor, I'm sorry.
0: He was fake Razor? Yeah, he was. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where does it say that? I don't know. I'm just going with it. The, I don't see nothing here about him being a fake Razor.
1: I mean, hey, whatever works,
0: man. I guess, yes. The man in black. So anyway, um, so we got that under control. So we have this match, um, and it's basically meh because obviously this, this match was more theatrics than any Else because He's the man in black. basically, this was Paul Bear's opportunity to shine because he got the most screen time out of everyone. It was, because,
1: because here's the thing, they had to do something for Paul Bear.
0: Yes, so he made, ba- yeah. and his selling of everything made this all work. Barely. And, and everybody went crazy when The Undertaker came out, the real one. And then we yeah. saw these guys fight back and forth, and... For, like, all the, like, five minutes. It was, to be, to be exact, it was eight minutes and 57 seconds. Oh,
1: I'm sorry.
0: Yes, uh, so almost it nine was, minutes it was of fucking these... Fucking terrible. Of, yeah, and it was just slow and blah, and we saw a couple and of blah. the under- moves, and then it basically it ends with the real Undertaker dropping three tombstones on the fake Undertaker when one should have did the trick.
1: It should have, but you know, Ryan Lee. So, yeah.
0: Probably I don't hey, know. Maybe, anyway. maybe the Undertaker needed to do three to make sure Brian would not kick out and be stupid. Um
1: Well here we go. I'm gonna bring back an oldie but a goodie children. Shady moving on.
0: Well, it's kinda hard to move on because that's the main event, so we wrap well, yes, up, but no
1: no it was not, Mr. Bootybelly. The main event was before that. It was a cage match.
0: Um no, this was the main event.
1: But supposedly. supposedly. Ale- allegedly. <laughs>
0: It went on last. That's the main event.
1: Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly.
0: It was just, uh, just. It was. It was the shitty. Yes. It was. It was the shitty.
1: Like the shitty, shitty.
0: Yes. There like was children, a lot
1: of virtual eyes.
0: Yes. So after this match ends, SummerSlam goes off the air with uh, Leslie Nielsen and his partner, George Kennedy, declaring the case closed. They open the casket. There's nobody in there because they put the fake Undertaker in the casket. And the Druids or whatever carry the casket away, basically getting rid of the fake Undertaker forever. And then Leslie Nielsen and George Kennedy open it up and realize the Undertaker's gone. But then they see a closed briefcase. So the case is closed and they go get some dinner. And that's the end of the pay-per-view.
1: And that's what we're going to do now, children. We're going to go get a pizza. So, Mr. Bidirelli, I'm Gator Ricky Rouse time
0: for pizza alright that ladies and gentlemen will conclude this review of SummerSlam 94 we hope you guys enjoyed it and as I mentioned before uh, in the synopsis uh, before you click the play button uh, there's a little like you know description thing in there the synopsis this is a classic episode which means that this was obviously a recording that happened a long time ago Uh, this SummerSlam uh, 94 review originally took place uh, during the SoundCloud days of the Boochcast that's why it said we did this to convince commemorate uh SummerSlam 2020 that took place about a month ago obviously at the time you're listening to this it happened two years ago uh so that's why it was in there this is a classic episode so I'm kind of doing this part right here to kind of clarify for everybody uh why it said that uh, I did put this as a classic episode but I also said this is a classic pay-per-view review so I don't want the fans to get confused it's a classic pay-per-view Cause it's from 1994 and it's 2022 um, but this is a classic episode because this is an episode that aired a long time ago during the SoundCloud days that I brought here to Anchor and all of our other podcast platforms and speaking of those platforms we hope you will go there and follow the Boochcast as we are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out our YouTube channel where you can see all of our video content that we have up there. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when new content will be posted. Also, follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash TheBoochCast. That's we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right, we just talked about SummerSlam 94. Well, SummerSlam 2022, we'll be doing a watch party on the Twitch channel. And it'll be done in one of two ways either A, it'll be done by myself and Buff Bagwell while we're in Tampa Bay during the Tampa Bay Comic Con, and, or it will air from the Bootscast team here in Georgia. They'll be getting together and they'll do one. So it depends on everybody's time. Timing, what we can do, schedules aligning and all that. But either way, we will have a watch party for you guys on Saturday, July the 30th at 8 p.m. Also, we got our D&D show coming later this year as well as our Boochcast Booking Battle where myself and Elvis Linsky will use the My GM mode of WWE 2K22. We'll put our roster together and he'll have a show, I'll have a show. We'll find out between the two of us who is the better Booker Man. Also, you guys can support The Booch by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Come supporter support The Booch Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is a, a level we have for people who want to support the show but don't have a lot of money to spend. We know you guys are hard-working men and women out there. You got bills to pay. You got mouths to feed. Some of them may even be pets. If you can hear my dog barking in the backyard, Um, But the last thing we'd ever ask you guys to do is... sacrifice a payment or break the bank or feel guilt trip or pressured and uh supporting the booch cast if you financially are unable to if all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know family friends and fucking pets um then that's all you have to do and we appreciate it but if you still want to put a little skin in the game the 99 cents level is for you why because only 99 cents you're not going to miss it but every but it will help us out because every little bit helps the Boochcast cast continue to thrive but if you got some extra spending cash you really want to help out, you can go to the second level, which is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. I know ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. It's so that $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content in the network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use the money to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Cast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the cast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed Zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, Pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall That it's time to bid you one and all Goodbye, goodbye, so long, so long Farewell, farewell, adieu, adieu Be good, Be good. stay well, bye-bye, keep warm, relax And eat, take
1: care, stay loose, adieu, volvia I'll approach and goodbye till when we
0: meet again